Hey guys, because I'm at the beach right now, we are opening up the Bon Appetit Foodcast vault and pulling out a Hall of Fame episode. Uh, this is an interview I did with Chef Gabrielle Hamilton a couple years ago. Uh, she's the chef of New York City's Prune Restaurant, uh, and she is also a phenomenally gifted writer. She's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Blood, Bones, and Butter, as well as the Prune Cookbook. Uh, so we talked a lot about writing, uh, her life growing up, how she got into writing, as well as cooking, of course. And I would say this is definitely one of like my top three podcasts we've done in the last couple of years. So please give it a listen. Hope you had a good holiday. And we will be back next week with an all new episode. You've done a remarkably good job at like becoming a writer. You think? I do think so. Yes. And I, I've, often, I've described as you this way before in the magazine and elsewhere that you're an annoyingly good writer. <laughs> uh, and it really bothers you. Like, wait, she's a chef, but she's such a good writer. Um, but in your mind, you were thinking writing before you ever got into cooking. Yes. Like going back, back when you were a youngster. Yeah. I always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't know you could make a living at it. And I still don't know if you can, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had to have a job. So I've always worked in kitchens, but always wanted to write it all down. And um, so more and more so that's happening. And you, and you studied writing when you were younger, correct? Is that correct? I have been in every writing class <laughs> there ever has been. Yeah. You're a successful chef as well. You own Prune Restaurant here on in New York's East Village and have for 16 years. Oh, my God. We'll be 16 in October. Uh, yeah. Which is a little insane. But, I mean, what's interesting, what I was thinking about just in terms of writer, obviously becoming a chef and a successful one sort of gave you, I guess, kind of the platform to become a successful writer. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I got my first paid writing gig because I had a restaurant. Yeah. And chefs and food are all the rage, I guess. They're a lot of rage. We depend on them. <laughs> they have, you know, captured the world's imagination for whatever reason. So, um, right place, right time. You uh, you wrote and published uh, Blood, Bones, and Butter, a, a memoir. Um, it was kind of about your life growing up in Pennsylvania, moving to New York City, getting into catering, open a restaurant— uh, in 2011, um, did your agent or other people argue otherwise? Like, hey, do a cookbook first, and then you can do this sort of more artsy project? Like, how, what was that process like? No, the only argument uh, or suggestion that people gave me emphatically was to include recipes in the memoir. Which you did not. Adamantly, vehemently did not. I wanted to uh, keep the form pure. And I didn't want to sell the book um, for the sort of added bonus material. Like, oh, you know, the writing's not that good, but you get a recipe yeah. for chicken. So, <laughs> you know, you might as well pay the $26 and buy the book. I wanted to sink or swim um, on the merits of the writing and not because there was the added material. So I said no to recipes. And then later, when I wrote the cookbook, it became very obvious that all I needed to do was to write recipes because I had already written every story, anecdote, forward, um, lively head note for any recipe that I could possibly yeah. have created in Blood, Bones, and Butter. So the cookbook just became... Um, just cooking. Let's go. Let's just get to the food here now. Blood, Bones, and Butter is a very personal book. And... You you go there, and it's interesting. You wrote an essay when we relaunched the magazine in May 2011. You wrote a beautiful essay about your 
Italian mother-in-law. And, and the very first sentence is, until we split up, I spent every summer for 10 years accompanying my then husband to his family home in Italy. Um, you're not afraid to share your personal life. Does that just come naturally? Or do you, do you think twice before what you, what you write about yourself and your peop- the people in your life? Well, I think twice, thrice, quadruple, eight times, you have to be very careful with that material. So it's a, um, uh, it's a craft. You have mm-hmm. to have a tight hold on the reins of the personal information that you're going to reveal. It gives people the impression that they know everything about you. I yeah. meet people all the time and like, oh, I know your whole, I know everything about you. And I think that's the art you let people think that. And in fact, they only know what you are willing to let them know about yourself. But I also think it's a a disservice to each other to not tell each other the truths of Mm. our lives. And I have never understood why we might withhold from each other. I mean, yeah. You've been married. It'd be nice if you told other people what it's like to be married. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's funny. Or, I mean, I, or if you've ever been unhappily married. Like, I, I, uh, <laughs> it, it, in, my, in my editor's letter every month, I write a lot about my wife, Simone, who you know, um, uh, used to live around the corner from, your, from Prune back when she lived on Ludlow Street as a, a young struggling artist uh, and spent a lot of time in your restaurant. Um, and I'm always writing about her just because, well, that's, I see her every day. She's part of my life. If you're writing about your life, it's hard not to write about the people in your life. Uh, for right. better or worse. And or, they have to consent. Yes. So that you have to make sure, you must do that. I mean, I did that and do it all the time. I run the copy before it ever makes the light of oh, day by the people who are going to oh, be in it. That's so big of you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that kind of um, gotcha. Yeah, no, this, um, I'm just, Surprise, look what's in the bookstore. <laughs> I, I'm just a magazine writer writing 386 word uh, little editor's letter with the recipe. So Yeah, well, with uh, 40 billion people going to yes. read that. So. Um, but then don't they want you to change stuff then? Sure. And I do. And you do. Do oh. you ever say like, no, this is, I think it needs to stay this way? I do. If it's um, uh, completely accurate and true and try to write down exactly what happened and the reader can decide whether it's pejorative or positive or it's not for me to say. And I think you can pick the words (laughs) in just the right way where it speaks for itself. The level of (laughs) unattractiveness in someone else, if I ever am going to put that down on the page can only match what I'll say about myself. Mm. So I'll go as far as I'm willing to go about myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah no, um, totally. As I can be unattractive, um, objectively speaking, I will reveal that, and I'm willing to take others with me yeah. <laughs> to the point that I'm willing to reveal myself. Have you ever, have you ever looked back in these last five years and thought, "Wow, what if I didn't write blood, bones, butter? What if what if I was still just a chef? Would you be okay with that, or do you, did you really feel like this is something I needed to personally do?" Uh, I, I mean, of course I needed to do that. I I need to die having, um, tried really hard to do all the things that I want to do. I don't want to just sit around and not get it done and then kind of roll into the grave. Like, well, should have tried a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to cross it off. I want to, um, do all the things. We were just talking off air, as we say, and you said you were, uh, just had a a nice residency at. Yato up in uh, in Saratoga. I had three weeks at this. I mean, I think it's totally prestigious. Yato. Yeah. Just 
artist residency. Um, but up in Saratoga Springs in upstate New York. And it's just in the summertime, just gorgeous. And there's obviously the very famous old uh, racetrack there and, and Hattie's Chicken Shack, great fried chicken. Oh, and great. And um, the melons from Hans and Mitchell London croissants are in town. Uh, yes. I didn't go to town. That was not what I did. I sat in my beautiful studio with the screened in porch and wrote my freaking brains out. What, what were you writing? Well, I didn't know what shape it would take, but it seems like it might be another memoir. Uh. Maybe not. It might be epistolary. I can't quite tell the shape, but what I realized that when I wrote Blood, Bones, and Butter, it really was guided by the food. It had to be. I knew why I got invited to write a book, and I knew it had to be food-saturated. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, piggybacked on all this other stuff about life. So, oh, so you, so you, you'll ju- you'll start writing without like a totally blueprinted out template of where it's oh. going to go and all that sort of stuff. Oh my God, that's a joke. That's not who you are. I mean, I don't know who is writing. Is always, um, you know, as they say, an act of discovery for me. Certainly not for you, of course. I you, think. Well, I mean, you have an idea, but then you sit down and yeah, it's interesting. Just, jokes on you. I think part of that creative process is, you know, before you get it right, you kind of have to get it wrong. You've got to work through it and. Because it, it, it's almost like if you get it right off the bat, it's, it's as if you haven't really investigated. You haven't dug deep at all. You just sort of like, okay, this is good, and I'm just going to run with this. Well, so I, I'm curious. So you're a very descriptive writer, and and what I think, not like in a sort of hackneyed adjective, adjectival sort of way, but in interesting just descriptives and metaphors and stuff. Um, and my question is, is, is that something you, you you write and then you go back and sort of tweak them and ratchet them up? Or do those, I remember like I've mentioned this before and you're in Blood, Bones, Butter and you were describing how thin these sheets of pasta were and ravioli and it was like seeing a woman behind a shower curtain where you can see the shape but not all the details and that that, that was what the filling in the ravioli looked yeah, like. Yeah, I think it's like painting a car or maybe a painting. I don't paint so I don't really know, but you know, you get some crap down on the page. You get some architecture down and you have to let that sit there for a minute. And then you go back and you put some muscle into it mm-hmm. and um, carve away some of the crap. And then you have to come back again. I do. I come back again and think, mm, can we put a little poetry in here? This yeah. needs a little so you lift. Tune it up and yeah. And that's when you it. put your super sweet glossy yeah. <laughs> paint on or, um, you know, I'm mixing all the metaphors here, but no, it's, no. I have noticed, um, <laughs> I will say, particularly in magazine writing, you don't get the time to let the paint dry. And <laughs> I'm always reading my crap in the magazine later thinking, God, Gabrielle, if you just had a few yeah. more minutes. Well, try internet writing where you <laughs> to post six times a day. Um, yeah. It was I, funny. I'm, I'm looking, I, I copied a couple we have, of your prune cookbook, uh, which is a beautiful book. And so if, for listeners who haven't uh, bought it, um, it's a cookbook from your restaurant, but uh, no, as you said, no personal stories, but just you, you talk, you write about the cooking, the dishes themselves in a very sort of shorthandy descriptive sort of way. And with advice and little stickies and whatnot, uh, to the home cook. The, the book is strictly recipes and all of the protocol, all of the directions on how to, um, get the job done. They themselves tell stories in a way if you read all the way through. Well, yeah. See, that's um, what I thought was fascinating because at, at Bon Appetit, one thing we always struggle with is recipes have to be very precise and very clear and they have to be formulaic and consistent from one month to the next. And there's always space constraints. Um, and what I love about your book and just, you know, is is the the language you use. Um 
you know, and just um, I'm looking at a recipe for deviled eggs, which most people would think is kind of the most straight ahead thing. But if you get into the details, there's there are a lot of details. And then the question is, well, how do you describe those details? And I love, you know, you say arrange eggs in the basket of the spider and gently lower them into the boiling water. And then this is a great tip. This way, they won't crack from free-falling to the bottom of the pot when you're adding them. And that happens to me all the time. You drop them in the pot, they hit, and they crack, and that white starts to ooze out, and it solidifies, and you're like, oh! Looks like white, glossy fungus coming out of it. it's not pretty. (laughs) And then this is cool. Then you say, if thoroughly cooked, drain the eggs, and then rough them around in the dry pot to crackle their shells all over. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You can hear it almost. You can see the shells crackling, um, and you're shaking them. Uh, and I thought that was, I was just like stuff like that. It becomes very visual and it becomes very accessible. I think to the home cook, they're like, Oh yeah, I can see that. I can smell it. I can feel that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you want to throw any, um, $20 words in there where they're not needed, but I, I you had one $20 word in here, which I had never heard before. Oh, which one? This one, you have the, the food processor. I don't know. I mean, I'm just dumb. If you don't already, <laughs> if you, if you don't already know, you can stick your middle finger up into the punt of the processor bowl while scraping out the contents with the spatula. Punt? Punt? I don't, I don't know that word. Do you? Dude, you know the punt of a wine bottle. Oh, that's the little thing you can put the thumb in at the bottom, like when the waiters pour it all fancy. I didn't know that. That's, I've never worked in a restaurant. I have worked in a restaurant, but I was a busboy in a bar back. I was never allowed on the floor. So I never poured <laughs> anyone wine. I never qualified to that, that's that level. <laughs> Uh, it's true. I, I've written about this and it's my one great regret in, in my life is never becoming a waiter. Okay. I mean, I, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I was very glad to discover the opportunity for language in the cookbook so that it's not just completely dry. Um, turn it to the left 15 minutes. Yeah. The, the, the cook needs visual markers when they have succeeded or gone too far. Um, Uh, things to follow. So uh, it was, for me, a happy coincidence that the reader needs that. And I like to find the right words. And and, and it's um, great. I think you do a great job with that. I think in April Bloomfield's cookbooks, she uh, and JJ, her co-author, do a really good job with that. Um, But I I love, yeah, you want, it's cooking. It should be hands-on, visceral process. It should not be exacting 15 minutes turn off it's like well maybe 15 minutes is enough what does it smell like what does well, it look right. like right and it depends on the product in front of you and the the thing is the this cookbook is written completely to my cooks and i have to get them to land on the mark each time i mean i can't have it be like well no honey you cook it the way you do it or but each time is a little different based on the temperature the humidity so all those sort language. of things that's yeah. why there's so much um hey Look for this. And if this happens, do this. Hey, please pay attention to the product in front of you. Sometimes, I I mention it probably 40 times in that book, not every clove of garlic has the same pungency and potency. So can you please check what you're working with and adjust accordingly? Because you you can have those ones that are on fire and then others that are sort of like dull. So, Did you realize when you opened Prune 16 years ago that such a big part of your job would be teaching people how to cook at the restaurant themselves that they're not coming in ready to nail it? Nope. It took me forever to figure out that that was my job. And I'm sure there were some gruesome years in in there when I didn't understand what my role was supposed to be and I wasn't getting it done. And then I finally understood. I was like, oh, people here need to be taught. But I think also what happened is that the caliber of line cooks has changed over time. That you used to get quite experienced cooks who would just come in and ply their trade in your establishment and you just pay them. 
and it's a done deal. And now I think what's happened, I think the, um, there are so many restaurants, it's not even tenable. And so there's just a dearth of qualified line cooks No one's now. getting enough time. Yeah. No one is getting enough time to learn how to cook. So you have to really, really, really teach people. And people are going into positions that they have no business yeah. being in. Like the 21-year-old sous chef who should really be in Gardemanger for another two years. Um, in, in my own restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> You travel at all. I read something about you becoming an Italian citizen. Is that true? I did. I, That's crazy. I became a true Italian. I'm a citizen through marriage. Yep. Uh, that's exciting. Are you, have you been in Italy this summer? Are you going? I went, uh, I was there in the spring. We just taped these episodes of Minds of, Mind of a Chef. Which we're so, gonna, that's good segue, Gabrielle. Oh yeah. Man. And another thing. <laughs> and you're going to be on TV. <laughs> so I was in Italy for, I don't know, maybe 10 days. That was really great. Uh, let's talk about Mind of a Chef. Um, beautiful series on PBS. Uh, documents sort of chefs and how they live and what they do. Um, and uh, what's in their mind. What's the in their mind. The contents of yeah. their mind. And it's and it, with you. Is it eight part series? It's or? eight eight episodes. Yep, which is super awesome. excited. I had so much fun doing it. I worked so hard. It was really good. What uh, What made you decide to to do it? To say, hey, uh, this is a show I I do want to do. I want to mm. commit to this. Yeah. Have you seen it? I mean, I think mm. I'm so glad that I. Yeah, that I waited. I really have not done that much television because it's not that appealing to compete or, yeah. you know, cut throats or whatever the hell you're supposed to do on the television. But it's, it's, but it's very but hard to one, make it as a chef these days and not do TV. I know. You know? Well, I am still not on Facebook and I'm still not Instagramming. And I'm here to say that you can live a full yeah. life and have a chef career <laughs> and advance. And becoming an Italian citizen. And, um, <laughs> have joy and... Um, <laughs> You can know the world. You don't have to do it this way. You can hold true if you don't want to do those things. But that program is filled with beauty and art and um, glitter and uh, substance and breadth. And I thought that is for me. And they gave me so much um, freedom to tell the truth. And, you know, I, my, my eight episodes are arguing pretty much that... I guess everyone thinks the mind of a chef is fully occupied with food. And I'm here to say that actually <laughs> it's about 20% food <laughs> and the rest is plumbing, payroll, the toilet, the electricity, <laughs> the refrigeration. Uh, yeah. How uh, much you're failing your family and your children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when do we know when your episodes will air? Yeah, they start September um, 6th, I think. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, Gabrielle Hamilton, thank you for coming by. But before you go, we have to do our lightning round. Oh, I'm terrible at these, but okay. Oh, yeah. So it's an either oh, or. Shit. Either or. It's pretty easy, but you have to answer. I wish we had done some drugs or yeah, something. Yeah, well, okay. we can do those afterwards. But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on some things from Prune and Brunchville that Prune can be and your travels and, 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 and whatnot. Starting off easy. Scrambled or omelet? Oh, scrambled. Really? Like a real tender scrambled, please yeah. say yes. Soft scrambled. When do you know to take those the eggs off off the pan? Off the heat, you know? They have they glisten. Mm. Auto grill or waffle house? Oh, auto grill. She's like, yeah. One of the most incredible creations on earth. <laughs> um green juice or brodo? Oh, brodo. Brodo. 
I love how you're so like, ah, oh, yeah, obviously. Duh. Hashtag obs. <laughs> Have you been to Marco Canora's Brodo Bar? Not yet. Not yet. But you do like a good broth. I do. You, you make a good broth. I do it That's all the time. You, yeah, you serve, it's yeah. a cure-all. When I'm not feeling well, just chug a lug. Espresso or matcha? Espresso. Espresso. Do you take any sugar or anything in it or just straight or how do you? It's funny. I don't really drink either, um, but I would definitely put a little hot water in the espresso and go down the hatch. All right. It's a funny one. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Manhattan. <laughs> just like, she's like, yeah, you're, that, that's how we know you, how long you've been around that you're still like, I'm into Manhattan. That's like, yeah. Like everyone, everyone else, like, I, I'm like the only person I know who still lives in Manhattan. Oh, I live in Manhattan. Yeah. Well, thank you. God it's not, you. it's, it's just, it's, um, you didn't move to New York to move to Brooklyn. Thank I'm you. telling you. I said the same thing myself, <laughs> but people just look at me like, who are you? How old are you? I'm like, oh, well, whatever. Don't worry about it. Uh, Cardoon or Puntarelli? Mm. Oh, Sorry. this is the first one. I really love them both. I'm going to have to take both. I can't, no. I can't do either or. Okay. Give me this. Tell me how you prepare each of them. I <laughs> blanch the cardoon a couple of times to get some of that bitter out and then braise it with fresh shell beans and a ton of mint and butter and chicken stock. And wow. the punterelle, which you can't really get here. Do the Italians say punterelle or punterelle? No, they, they say that. Punterelle. They, that's the beauty of the Italian language. You, If it's in front of you on the page, you say every letter that you yeah. see. It's not like the nasty French. But you said punterelle. Like that's kind well, of, I yeah. didn't know I, you were asking me for oh, my uh, um, proprio <laughs> yeah, italiana. Yeah. Italian, certo, <laughs> <Okay>. certamente. <laughs> um, oh, so uh, the punterelle, are you doing like the anchovy vinaigrette sort of thing on that? I am, yeah. with a little ice cube even. But wait, you are not having punterelle here. I don't do anchovies. Oh. Yeah, that's like I said. It's, but it's, you it's don't a, even have the grain. I mean the green. You can get punterelle mm-hmm. now and then, here and there. Yeah, no. I mean, it seems like you can at the market now and then, in the spring, certain time of year. You've seen the real deal with that? I thought I do. I mean, I see it on menus here and there. I don't order it because I, I just ignore it because I don't want the anchovy dressing. So I You've don't, been I don't, to Rome. You've had the yeah, but the I don't. True but I don't. Deal. That's one of those things I don't. I just it's, that's not on my radar. So mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I just but I've seen it on menus. Whether it's the real real deal, I don't know. Cardoons you don't see in America. Oh, we get them all the time. Really? Yeah. All right. We're living in different, different <laughs> yeah. universes. Uh, beef steak or sun gold? I'm beef steak. See, really? Yeah. Why? Sun golds are so good. Because I'm from New good. Jersey. We I grew knew up you were going to do that. Yeah. Incredible I knew, I knew you were red say that. beef steak. Yeah, but like for tomato. one month a year. Yeah. Well. Well, <laughs> deal with it. You didn't say um, November or <laughs> August. Vespa or Cinquecento? <laughs> well, I'm a Vespa driver. Are you really? In the States even? I mean, I haven't done it here in a while, but whenever I go there, I rent we one. Go there. Oh, that's cool. You wear a helmet, I help. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy Romans. <laughs> All right. Final question. And this is an interesting one because, like I said, you're, you have like, your heart's kind of in Italy, but I've been to Prune before and I know how you cook. Butter or olive oil? Butter. Wow. You're just like, I love you, Italy, but I'm not, not giving you this one. You know, the butter, um, it's how I grew up. It makes me feel very well. It's so funny. When I was at Yado, I was um, having trouble with getting enough fat because wow. the camp cook, I think, wanted to please everyone. And in so doing, I think Always a big no mistake. one. Yeah. Right. And so um, none of the things had fat in it or salt or because it didn't want to offend anyone. And I guess you could have added those things later. But I found myself in my room 
putting a slab of culture butter on a rye cracker with tons of black pepper and making a sandwich for lunch. I was just, I ate like a stick of butter. <laughs> I need <laughs> I butter. Like, I need some freaking fat. <laughs> and on that note, uh, well, Gabrielle, thank you so much for stopping by. You can check out Gabrielle Hamilton on Mind of a Chef's in early September. If you haven't read Blood, Bones, and Butter, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. And you can pick up the Prune Cookbook. Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Emma Wurtzman and Carrie Polis and edited by Mitra Kaboli. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Grady's with additional music by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.